all things evolve. The wise know this and worship me with all their hearts. With their thoughts fixed on me, with their life absorbed in me, enlightening one another about me and always conversing about me, they derive satisfaction and delight. On those who are ever devoted to me and worship me with love, I bestow the yoga of understanding by which they come to me. <coughs> Solely out of compassion for them, I, dwelling in their hearts, dispel with a shining lamp of wisdom the darkness born of ignorance. We offer to the omniscient God our reverence, our homage, and our gratitude for the light of the divine wisdom. From the Buddhist scripture we read, If you see a man who shows you what is to be avoided, who administers reproofs and is intelligent, follow that wise man as you would, one who tells of hidden treasures. It will be better, not worse, for him who follows him. Let him admonish, let him teach, let him forbid what is improper. He will be beloved of the good. By the bad, he will be hated. Do not have evildoers for friends. Do not have low people for friends. Have virtuous people for friends. Have for friends the best of men. He who drinks in the law lives happily with a serene mind. The sage rejoices always in the law as preached by the elect. We offer to the omniscient God our reverence, our homage, and our gratitude for the light of the divine compassion. We read from a Zoroastrian scripture. 
To what land shall I flee? Why, where can I turn for refuge? They have excluded me from family and clan. Nor does the community seek to rejoice me. Nor by any chance the wicked despots of the land. How then can I rejoice you, O Ahura Mazda? I know that by which I am helpless, O Mazda. Mine is a scanty herd, and my followers are few. So I cry to you, see to it, O Ahura. For I ask for that support which the heavenly friends grants to his earthly friends. Teach me through truth concerning the riches of the good mind. When, O Mazda, will those who herald the glittering dawning of the days come forward to uphold the truth-inspired existence by means of the guiding intellect of the saviors? To whom will the good mind come for inspiration? To me, O Ahura, for I am chosen by you for its fulfillment. We offer to the omniscient God our reverence, our homage, and our gratitude for the light of the divine purity. We read from a Jewish scripture. Then Moses went up the mountain to God. And the Lord called to him from the mountain. This is what you must say to the descendants of Jacob. Tell the Israelites you have seen for yourselves what I did to Egypt. And how I carried you on eagles' wings and brought you to my mountain. If you carefully obey me and are faithful to the terms of my promise, then out of all the nations you will be my own special kingdom of priests and my holy nation. These are the words you must speak to the Israelites. So Moses went down and called for the leaders of the people. He repeated to them, he repeated to them all the words that the Lord had commanded him. All the people answered together, We will do everything the Lord has said. So Moses brought their answer back to the Lord.
we offer to the omniscient God our reverence, our homage, our homage and our gratitude for the light of the divine law. We read from a Christian scripture. After six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, the brother of James, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. There he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun and his clothes became as white as the light. Just then there appeared before them Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will put up three shelters one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, a bright cloud covered them, and a voice from, from the cloud said, This is my son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell face down to the ground, terrified. But Jesus came and touched them. Get up, he said. Don't be afraid. When they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus. We offer to the omniscient God our reverence, our homage, and our gratitude for the light of the divine self-sacrifice. We read from the scriptures of Islam. You that are wrapped up in your mantle, keep vigil all night safe for a few hours, half the night or even less or a little more. And with measured tone, recite the Quran we are about to address to you words of surpassing gravity. It is in the watches of the night that impressions are strongest and wo words more eloquent. During the day, you are hard pressed with work. 
glorify the name of your Lord and dedicate yourself to him utterly. He is the Lord of the East and of the West. There is no God but him. Accept him for your protector. Bear patiently whatever the unbelievers say. Do not yield to them and keep on preaching decently to them. Leave to me those that deny the truth, those that enjoy the comforts of life. Bear with them yet a little while. We offer to the omniscient God our reverence, our homage, and our gratitude for the light of the divine unity. We will have silence. Let us pray. Most gracious Lord, Master, Messiah, and Savior of humanity, we greet thee with all humility. Thou art the first cause and the last effect, the divine light and the spirit of guidance, Alpha and Omega. Thy light is all forms, thy love in all beings, in a loving mother, in a kind father, in an innocent child, in a helpful friend, in an inspiring teacher, Allow us to recognize thee in all thy holy names and forms as Rama, as Krishna, as Shiva, as Buddha. Let us know thee as Abraham, as Solomon, as Zarathustra, as Moses, as Jesus as Mohammed, and in many other names and forms, known and unknown to the world. We adore thy past. The presence deeply enlightened our being, and we look for thy blessing in the future. O Messenger, Christ, Nabi, the Rasul of God, 
thou whose heart constantly wishes up to comest on earth with a message as a dove from above when dharma decayeth and speakest the word that is put into thy mouth as the light filleth the crescent moon let the star of the divine light shining in thy heart be reflected in the hearts of thy devotees may the message of god reach far and wide illuminating and making the whole humanity as one single brotherhood in the fatherhood of god amen From the Vadan we read Warner of coming dangers Wakener of the world from sleep Deliverer of the message of God Thou art our savior The sun at the dawn of creation The light of the whole universe the fulfillment of god's purpose thou the life eternal we seek refuge refuge in thy loving enfoldment spirit of guidance source of all beauty and creator of harmony love lover and beloved lord thou art our divine ideal we offer to the omniscient god our reverence our homage and our gratitude for the light of the divine truth Friends, brothers and sisters, beloved ones of God, the theme for our retreat this year has been the oil that keeps the lamp burning, how to make a reality out of the message. And if we want to know something about making a reality of the message, we should look at the messages that have been received through the ages 
and at the messengers that brought them. I say messages, but in fact it's always the same message. And when we look closely, we discover how similar the experience of the various messengers, uh, how similar their experiences have been. When we look at the Bhagavad Gita, the first reading we heard, of course that's given in the, from the point of view of the Divine Presence. It speaks as, I, I am the origin of all. From me all things evolve. Um, which perhaps makes us think of the words in Vadan, the sun at the dawn of creation, the light of the whole universe. Very interesting parallel there. But it describes those who really attune to the Divine Presence with their thought fixed on me, with their life absorbed in me, enlightening one another about me. In other words, it's not enough to focus on the Divine, but then there's a kind of spreading out, there's a, there's a human dimension to it as well. And why does it happen? Solely out of compassion for them, I, dwelling in their hearts, dispel with the shining lamp of wisdom the darkness born of ignorance. Almost the same words that we say in the, in the universal worship service, who have held aloft the torch of truth the light of truth through the darkness of human ignorance. The Buddhist scripture tells the same story from a slightly different point of view. It's very simple, very pragmatic. If you see a man who shows you what, to be, what is to be avoided, who administers reproofs and is intelligent, follow that wise man as you would one who tells of hidden treasure. It will be better, not worse, for him who follows him. The word reproof sounds a little bit stern, perhaps. We think, oh, you know, there's that wagging finger. And yet, think again of the words from Vadan, warner of coming dangers. Sometimes people ask about that phrase. They say, well, does that mean that uh, if we read the Sufi teachings, they'll tell us, don't build your nuclear plant by a fault, or you know that kind of warning. Yeah. I don't think so. I think that the warning that is given to us through the teaching is about um, what happens if we remain blind to the guidance from above to the spiritual guidance. We cannot avoid difficulties in life. They come. Um, the most spiritual people in the world still have to go through things like illness and, and the final end, death. Well, I mean the final physical end. Um, they probably have problems with, with their taxes and with their families and all the things that there are. That is there. But they do have the, the comfort of the inner friend. And that's what we find in the reading from 
from the Zoroastrian scripture. It's a very poignant picture that Zarathustra paints. He says, where, where can I go? Where can I turn for refuge? I've been cast out from family and clan. The despots of the land certainly won't listen to me. How can I then rejoice you, O Ahura Mazda? He says, I know why I'm helpless. Mine is a scanty herd. I have, I have almost no cows, no, no resources, um, few followers. So what to do? I cry to you, see to it, O Ahura, for I ask for that support which the heavenly friend grants to his earthly friend. And then, at the end of this passage, very interesting, he asks the question, to whom will the good mind come for inspiration? Zoroaster, or Zarathustra recognizes his responsibility here. He says, to me, O Ahura, for I am chosen by you for its fulfillment. So there's a responsibility there. And we see the responsibility again in the Jewish scripture. This is an iconic picture. It's informed much of our Western culture, the idea of the prophet Moses going up the mountain to speak with God. And he goes up and God gives him instructions. Go and tell them this. So Moses here is the, the intermediary, the one who brings the message to the people. And he goes down and he gives them the message and they listen and they say, okay, we will. And then you could say it's unnecessary, but Moses completes the, the little play by going back up the mountain and telling God what they said. Of course, God knew, but nevertheless, that is part of the picture, that there's a kind of unity there established between the divine presence, the people, and the prophet that speaks on both sides. In the Christian scripture, again, we have Jesus going up the mountain, and this time he takes people with him. He doesn't leave the people at the bottom the way Moses did. He takes the people, well, three of his disciples come up with him, and then they have the extraordinary experience of seeing him in the company of the saints, there with Moses and Elijah, conversing with them. And their response is, well, can we, can we make some kind of memorial here for this moment? But before the words are out of their mouth, there comes a complete, they're completely enveloped in light, and they themselves hear the voice of the divine. So we've gone a step further in the case of the Old Testament, well, I'm sorry, the Jewish scripture, Moses came and told the people, God said this. Now the disciples hear God saying, this is my son. And what is the command? What is the request, you could say, that the divine presence makes? Listen to him. Listen 
This is an important word. We're going to come back to that. In fact, that's the same request that God gives to Moses, uh, Muhammad, rather, in the Quran. The Quran speaks to Moses, you, you're wrapped up in your mantle. You're there. It's obviously it's nighttime. He's got his his cloak on. It's probably cold. Maybe not quite as cold as as the North Sea, but cold enough. And the Divine Presence says, nighttime is the time to listen. Keep vigil at night. You're too busy in the daytime anyway. You've got all kinds of things to do. God knows that. Listen to me at night. Anyway, impressions are stronger at night, says the Quran. It is in the watches of the night that impressions are strongest and words most eloquent. But what is Muhammad asked to do? Glorify the name of your Lord. Dedicate yourself to him utterly. Don't hold anything back. He is the Lord of the East and West. In other words, there is... the. He doesn't hold back. Why should you hold back? Dedicate yourself completely to him. Bear patiently whatever the unbelievers say. In other words, the work of a prophet, of a messenger, is never so easy. It's never that everyone says, yes, come on, we'll, we'll follow you. There will always be division. I'm sure we've read in the New Testament the, the words of Jesus about, uh, I have come to separate. And that's always been puzzling to people. But it's because some will like what they hear, but some will hate it. That was also in the Buddhist scripture. Bear patiently whatever the unbelievers say. Do not yield to them and keep on preaching decently to them. Be nice to them anyway. And then, rather ominous words, leave to me those that deny the truth. Yikes. <laughs> so it's, if they deny the truth, it's not, it's not for the messenger, it's not for the prophet to try to change them. Give them the option, leave it there, then it's up to their own conscience, up to their own heart to decide what to do. And then the words of the Vadan, warner of coming dangers, wakener of the world from sleep, deliverer of the message of God, thou art our savior. How did they become, how did those messengers become that? Well, in large part, they became that beautiful voice by listening, by listening completely, by emptying themselves completely so that they could listen. You can't listen if you're talking, or it's very difficult. We think we can, but we can't really. 
when we say the oil that keeps the light burning, of course that also makes us think of the parable in the New Testament about the the maidens with their lamps waiting for the bridegroom to come. And some have kept the oil and some haven't got any oil and suddenly the moment is there and the ones with the oil light their lamps and go to meet the bridegroom but the others are stuck. They don't, they have nothing they can do. And they ask those with the, their lamps, can we have some of your oil? But it's not so easy to do that. What is that oil? Hazrat Anayat Khan suggests that that oil is love. You can't borrow someone else's love. How can you? It can only come from within. And of course, when you talk about lamps and oil, you might also think of that very interesting fruit, the olive. The olive is so bitter, you cannot eat it. It's terrible. And yet, if you treat it in the right way, you can get a wonderful substance from it that gives light, gives nourishment, cleans, does everything. And what do you have to do to get that oil? Well, you have to crush the olive. I'm sorry to say, we are all <laughs> olives. <laughs> all of me. Why not take all of me? We are those olives. And if that oil is going to come, we have to be willing to go through the crushing. And then we can be of use. The messengers are the ones who were, who were crushed in one way or another. The scriptures don't talk much about that crushing process, although we get a glimpse of it in the Zarathustra plea with no followers, no cattle. It's hard. And so when he has no option, what does he do? He turns to the heavenly friend. So let's take that as our, as our watchword now as we come towards the end of our retreat, if we really want to make a reality of the message, turn to the heavenly friend. Empty yourself and let the heavenly friend help you, take care of you, and guide you. And the oil will be there. And when the oil is there, it only takes a spark and the lamp is lit. That's how we can make a reality of the message. Thank you.
perfection of love, harmony, and beauty, the Lord of heaven and earth, open our hearts that we may hear thy voice, which constantly cometh from within. Disclose to us thy divine light, which is hidden in our souls, that we may know and understand life better. Most merciful and compassionate God, give us thy great goodness. Teach us thy loving forgiveness. 
raise us above the distinctions and differences which divide. Send us the peace of thy divine spirit and unite us all in thy perfect being. May the blessings of God rest upon you. May God's peace abide with you. May God's presence illuminate your heart now and forever. <laughs>